Cusick. Not just a word, a movement, a mindset, and a podcast. Welcome to Fusick. Welcome, everybody, to the Fusick Podcast. We are excited today to have our first guest speaker on that is not from Colonial, but somebody who definitely has an outstanding Fusick story. Um, my name is Craig Miller. I am your co-host, and I am always accompanied by the one and only TJ McGinnis. How you doing, TJ? I'm doing great, Craig. How you doing? How's uh, Minnesota treating you? Yeah, man, I'm doing great, doing great. I'm here in, in Minneapolis today. Um, Hayes and I have a big day planned. We're going to get to do a lot of different stuff, take him shopping for his birthday tomorrow. He turns six. Also, his first day of kindergarten tomorrow, so get to nice. walk him into the school. We're going to go visit his school today. We're going to go to the Mall of America. We're going to do some fun stuff, get to ride some rides and, and get him hooked up, get a haircut, do some different things. So very excited to spend the day with the, with the little man and, and take him to school tomorrow. So pumped about it, man. Pumped. Nice, man. B- bunch of uh, Lego building today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Lots of Legos. Yeah, buddy. Awesome. So our guest today is somebody who many people know uh, social media-wise, um, Mr. Chad Prather, uh, has, has built an unbelievable following on social media and, and has his own show on Fox News yesterday morning, um, all kind of different things, authoring a book, all, all kind of stuff. So, um, Chad, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great, guys. It's good to be with you. How are you guys doing? Excellent. Welcome, Chad. Doing great, Chad. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks for your time. Thank you. It's funny, you said, you know, social media phenom, doing a lot of great things and all of that. And uh, just this morning, I got a message from a guy that I don't even know down in South Texas who said, you're an idiot, you need to stay out of Texas, you need to keep your ignorant (laughs) opinions to yourself, and um, if I ever see you, I'm going to punch you in the mouth. So, you know, it's funny, the the, the praise and encouragement and accolades that you get from people, you know, for all the things (laughs) that you do. You know, no, I, uh, you know, I did Fox News yesterday morning, and then we jumped in a truck. Heath Oaks and I jumped in a truck full of supplies. We took it down to South Texas to help with hurricane victims. And uh, you know, all I know to do is just do everything that I can. And and uh, it's amazing how people still uh, tell you you can't do something or shouldn't be doing something. And it really is. It reminds me every day how. Uh, important fusic is <laughs> right so, yeah uh, you know, you're constantly reminded of it but no life is good things are great man I'm, i am busier than i've ever been in my life i'm happier than i've ever been in my life more satisfied and uh, always looking for more things and, and probably taking on more than i should but things have been really really good that's excellent chad it's kind of art williams always says if you don't want someone to talk negative about you just be average and ordinary you got that you know, right. So every time you try to do something different out there, impact people, things happen. Uh, but, Chad, uh, b- before we get into the f- the Fusick stuff, I-, I want you to touch on, on Fox News, you talked about the Redneck with Paychecks Foundation yeah. and the, the business that you have running on there. Uh, touch on that. It's, it's pretty interesting. Well, my buddy Derek Morse, he, uh, he bought his grandfather's farm. He, he was raised by his grandparents, and his, he, his, grandpa, his grandfather had to sell off the family farm just to survive, and, and Derek had a lifelong dream of buying that farm back before his grandfather died. Fortunately for Derek, his grandfather lived to be 98, so he had some time to do it, and uh, he, wow. bought, he, was able, he was a fireman making $40,000 a year scraped up some money, bought back a thousand acres. And and then, you know, once his grandfather died, he said, I got to pay for this land somehow. And so the concept one night sitting around a bonfire, having some beers, uh, this concept, he said, I know how to do this. And so he created this off-road park, which is a premier off-road park in the country 
for people to come out there and, and, and have a great time and bring their four-wheel drive vehicles. And he called it Rednecks with Paychecks. And to this day, he hates that name because it uses the term redneck, <laughs> and redneck has such a negative connotation. Yeah, It shouldn't, but it does. And so... Uh, you know, we call it RWP a lot of times because it makes him cringe every time he... Like the other day, he met the President of the United States and he's representing an organization called Rednecks with Paychecks. And I'm sure the President, who's been called a white supremacist, uh, really loved hearing that. Uh, but it was funny because uh, he started this thing. And, and so today we got about ten or 12,000 people that show up twice a year, once in March, once in September, for a huge off-road park and, you know, a party and competition and out of that, we've created various nonprofit organizations where we do a lot of good. We've provided, uh, and, and my role in that is I'm a, I'm a host and MC out there. So I basically, I'm the master of ceremonies for the weekend when we do these things. And um, we, uh, we've, we've created a lot of scholarships. We've helped a lot of people go to school and, you know, helped families and everything. So long story short, we went down to, uh, we sent all of our monster trucks and some old military vehicles down into the hurricane areas. And we were able to rescue a lot of people by, because, because of those machines that have been built, those vehicles that people tend to make fun of that, that are expensive toys. We were able to get into some areas where no one else can go and rescue some people. And, and I mean, we even rescued the authorities on a number of occasions. So uh, and I keep saying we. I personally was not with them on that trip. He took a team of guys down there and did that. I was actually out in California. I haven't been down to the hurricane areas until just yesterday. And so um, they did an incredible deal. And, and it was awesome because, he, you know, next week is our September event. He's got 12,000 people that's going to be in his backyard. And he took a week away to go down and, and, and rescue people and help people. So it's a... It's a it's it's a funny name, but a, it's a phenomenal organization. And I'll tell you, he's one of those guys who has consistently been told, you can't do this, you can't do that. And he's just defied it. And, and you know, now he's got a television pilot and all these things that are being shopped around Hollywood for a reality show. And you know, so who knows what could come out of it, but right now he's doing a lot of good. Well, that's awesome. It's a great, great way of uh, showing some positivity and promoting. You know, Chad, I've been called a, a, a lot of things in my life, a lot worse than being a redneck. So I've just decided that I would just start owning being called a redneck because it's definitely not the worst thing I've ever been called. So sure. just tell them to go with it, man, sure. and roll the punches on that redneck comment. All right. You got that right. You know, one thing that I've known, Chad, and, and when you talk about people commenting on your on your Facebook post in a negative way is that the only time people have a problem with the truth is when they're doing something wrong. And if, if you just do the right thing consistently and you follow the right actions, usually you don't have a problem with the truth. You're usually actually pretty happy to hear the truth. Mm-hmm. Well, I you know, and I have found that, you're right, and I found that people are are very insecure. They're very yes. insecure. They, they they have a real hard time if they hear someone else using their voice. So so if, here's the thing: if you portray confidence, if you demonstrate any form of confidence, people are going to persecute you for it because they think everybody should be insecure like yep, they are. You're exactly right. And if you're not, then there must be something wrong with you, and therefore they've got to pull you down. If you stood up on a chair, Craig, and I'm standing on the ground, I can pull you down a whole lot easier. You can pull me up. And, 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 you know, the insecurity thing is, is true in my own life. I just said to my wife last night, I said, it's amazing to me the, the praise that I get from strangers 98% of the time for the things I'm doing. But it's always that 2% that wants to really get in your soul and fester right there. So you're right. You do have to laugh it off. You have to put it in perspective. And I think perspective is the key. 
because I look at it and I say, this is a stranger. I don't know this person. They don't pay my bills. They don't know my ne- they don't know my family. You know, they don't know anything about me. And tomorrow they will be gone. Therefore, their words do not need to be sticking with me any longer than the time it took for me to read them. And, and that's hard to do, but I'll tell you, that perspective is something every one of us, if you're going to do anything successful, has to do. You and you know, Chad, just mindset. to those comments, you know, it's it's always one of those things is this is exactly why FUSIC, the mindset of for everyone who said I couldn't, is so driving because so many people get told all the time that they can't do stuff. And, and, that, and there's n- nobody out there that's competitive doesn't let that get to them a little bit and turn it into a positive. And I know you're, you're big on this because we talked about it a lot, but... You know, that's why we wear the Fusic gear. You know, that's why we say that kind of stuff because it reminds us that there's a lot of people out there and anybody that's ever been successful or overcome odds has overcome stuff that people said they couldn't do. And and with you right now, if someone would have told you 10 years ago, hey, man, you know, you're going to just go out and, and be yourself on, on online and, and, and talk about it and there's no way you can make the impact and change the amount of lives that you have, um, you know, probably you would have laughed at them and be like, well, wait a minute. Yes, I can. Um, but a lot of people would have looked at you and I'm sure a lot of people did look at you and go, what are you doing? I'm sure that's crazy. You know, what are you doing? And so can you speak to sometimes like, you know, when, when you, for everybody said I couldn't and how that kind of motivates you and, and puts you going forward a little bit too. It's funny. I, I walked into, uh, AT&T park to go see the giants play the Cardinals in San Francisco last week. And, it was Friday night, and I, I walked in, and as I was coming in, the guy that scans your tickets, he looks at me, he looks at my shirt, and he says, let me ask you something. He said, what does that mean on your shirt, a few sick? Yes. <laughs> and I said, I said, well, it, it means for everyone who said I couldn't. And he said, well, that's that's a great philosophy. And I said, well, that is that is, I said, my friends actually changed my life several months ago with this concept because it's it's a concept that I've lived my entire life and this is a way that it really succinctly defines what I've lived because because I grew up a very creative person. I grew up a thinker. I am a person that looks at ideas and I say how can I expand on that? And I've always done that. I did it as a kid. And so I grew up with one very big phrase that was, it still sticks with me. So many people said it. My family said it. My mentors have said it. So many people have said it to me. They said, you have too much time on your hands. And I found that people who are creative get told that a lot because you go out and you do something. And if a person is not a creative mind or a person is not an entrepreneurial mind, or they can't see a big vision. They look at visionaries and they say, you got too much time on your hands. How in the world would you be able to sit around and create that? Why can't you go out and do something productive? You know, you could have been mowing the grass while you were creating this, you know, this new this conceptual thing that is all it did was just make people laugh. Well, I mean, what if somebody would have told, you know, Miles Davis that all his music did was make people happy? I mean, it, it's just, you know, it's you have to take that time to let yourself become who you are and let that inner creativity, entrepreneur, that inner salesperson, that inner success come out of you. And people are going to look at you and they're going to say, you got too much time on your hands. Well, let me tell you what I got time to do today. I got time to drive to the bank and deposit very big checks, all because of the creativity that has come out of me. Now, that's not an arrogant statement. That's just a true statement. That is one of those things where I, I look now and I say, had I not allowed that creative flow to come out of me, then I'd be, you know, I'd be somewhere working for, a, you know, 
some company in a cubicle ready to literally end my life because I'm so miserable. And I, I know what that is. I know how that is. And so I've had people in my life who says, well, you can't do that. You know, I went to school, University of Georgia, and go dogs. <laughs> and I, that was for you, Craig. And, I, and I, went, I, went to, I, you know, I went to the University of Georgia. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I had no idea. I had this idea. It was deep inside of me that I wanted to go into broadcast journalism. That's where my heart was. In truth, even as a kid, my heart was telling me who I was supposed to be, but I pursued another route. You know what I did? I said, no, I'm going to chase money. I'm going to chase money through a career path that guarantees me money. And so I did that, and I got multiple degrees. I got advanced degrees, and I chased a career path that was supposedly going to guarantee me money, and I wound up broke. I wound up absolutely broke, defying all odds, defying all expectations, I wound up broke. I, I mean, I literally watched money flow through my pocket. I couldn't hold on to it. I couldn't do anything. A friend of mine told me years later, he said, Chad, watching you in your 20s was like watching a man try to go through a landmine uh, or a minefield and step on every single one. And so I looked back <laughs> at that and I said, and I said, you know, because I look at it. I was At one point, I was even the head of an organization that had $2.6 million in the bank. We owned, we owned 50 acres of property. We had uh, real estate all over town. And you know what? We never could do anything but fail. Every direction we tried to take, we got shut down. You know what we did with that $2.6 million eventually? Eventually, we gave it all away. We gave it away. We gave it to nonprofit organizations that were saving you know, uh, uh, teenagers in Thailand that were being sold into prostitution. Uh, we, we, did, we, did, we helped people in Cambodia. We helped people around this country. We worked with nonprofit organizations. We built, it, it, so we gave the money away because it became such a burden around my neck. I said, this, the, this whole organization has to go away. And then I wound up again. I was like, okay, what am I doing with my life? And I sat there as I got older. I'm 44 now. I'll be 45 in December. As I got older, into my 30s, I started looking around and I said, Chad, who the hell are you? Who are you? You have chased all of these things. You've had all these opportunities. Who are you? And I looked at it and I said, I'm a communicator. You've always known you are a communicator. You are someone that knows how to speak to people and they listen. You know how to tell stories. You know how to make people laugh. You know how to get people into a picture by using words. And so I said, well, what do I do with that? And then this memory came back to me. And I said, you remember when you went off to school, University of Georgia? You wanted to go into broadcast journalism. You wanted to sit in front of people and be able to tell that story, whether it was news, whether it was opinion, whether it was editorial. You wanted to be able to tell a story. What are you going to do with that? And I said, I have no idea how to pursue that anymore because I didn't have an education in it. I didn't have any background in it. I had no experience in it. And so I wound up sitting in a cubicle working for a Fortune 300 company, good salary, uh, great benefits, great retirement, and ready to shoot myself. I was miserable. I was miserable. Until finally, I got on the phone one day and I called my wife. And I said, I was actually, I was at the gym. I was not in the gym. I was at the gym. It was a huge, huge difference. And uh, I, uh, I, I called my wife on the phone in the parking lot. And I said, babe, you know I'm miserable and I got to quit my job. And she said, if that will make you happy, I support that. And I said, good, because I've already quit. <laughs> she, said, she said, what are you going to do? 
what are you going to do? She said, because you, you know, what's the plan? You're a smart guy. What's the plan? I said, I'm going to go out. I'm going to make a living just being myself. And she said, uh, my wife's a smart ass. She said, she said, Chad, what's the street value on your personality? <laughs> and I said, I said, uh, you know, I, I, I said something smart back to her, something like about like President Obama giving a keynote speech at the NRA convention. And she said, so it's worthless. <laughs> and I said, yeah, it's pretty much worthless. And she said, okay, so um, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I have an idea to start using my gift of communication through social media to open up doors that I believe will, will give me a platform to use to do motivational speaking. And she said, well, I have no idea what you're talking about, but if you believe you can do that, then I trust you. And so I started using social media as a humor platform, as a motivational platform, as an inspirational platform by just posting little videos sitting in my truck. And everybody laughed at me. Everybody said, what in the world are you doing? I can't believe how stupid that is. Here's a grown man sitting in his truck with his camera phone on his dashboard, talking to it and posting it for the world to see. My mother looked at me and said, what are you doing? You have four degrees. What are you doing? And I said, just trust me, I know. And so, so everybody said, there's no money in doing what you're doing. I mean, you can't get paid off of Facebook. And, and, and you know, things like YouTube, people have this idea that YouTube pays you all this money. They, they really, really don't. Unless you're one of these video game kids that are teaching everybody how to, you know, play video games. And these kids have throwaway money at the age of 14. It's sick. But uh, I started doing it. Millions of people started watching. Millions of people started watching these little silly videos that I was posting online. And I would talk about everything. I, it was just observational things. I, I saw a kid with his pants sagging around his knees walking up the street. And I, I made a video about that. And I, I went into Walmart. And, and, you know, we've all shopped in Walmart. And it's just a crazy experience. I made a video about that. And, I, I, you know, I hear these kids drive down the street with a 1986 Nissan that the bumper's fallen off of. But they got, a, you know, this thousands of dollars spent in an exhaust system that's making all this noise. It looks like a trash can <laughs> hanging out from underneath the car. And I said, and so, you know, I, I did a video about that. And, and, and so there were all these things about, you know, use your blinker when you're in traffic. And, 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 you know, people started criticizing my accent. So I said, you know, I'm unapologetically Southern. And I did a video about that. And then the next thing, you know, Fox News is calling and says, hey, we want to talk to you about being unapologetically Southern. And then they called again and they said, hey, we want to talk to you about your opinion on this and your opinion on that. And then all of a sudden, the dream started to come true. People started calling and saying, hey, will you come speak to our organization? Will you come speak to our nonprofit? Uh, will you come? We don't even know what you do, but will you come get on stage and talk to us for an hour? And, uh, and so one thing led to another, and, and I was kind of known as that guy that, that could tell a story but knew how to make people laugh. And a friend of mine came to me and he said, let's go do a comedy tour. And I said, well, I've never done comedy before. I, you know, and, and, and people looked at me and said, you're not a comedian. And I said, well, I don't care. I'm going to get on stage and see if I can make people laugh. And so we went out in 2016 and, and we sold out 45 cities uh, and, and made people laugh. And uh, now I'm doing my own one-man show, Star Spangled Banter Tour. I'm all over the country doing this. You know, when it's all said and done, I will have done about 75 cities. Uh, this year, I was in you know I was in Seattle the week before. Well, I was in Naples and Sarasota, Florida, two weeks, three weeks ago. Then I was in Seattle two weeks ago. I was in San Francisco last week. I'm in Chicago this week, uh, and, and it just goes on from there. I'm all over the country doing this stuff. And so I look back at those people now. It's funny. My wife last night she looked at me. We were standing in the kitchen. She said, "Chad, I always believed you could do this." 
And I said, you're lying through your teeth, woman. You are lying. You know good and well that you did not believe that I could do this. You used to tell me that, that I'd never be satisfied. And, and, and you know, and, and in essence, that's true. I'm not satisfied. So today, you know, I, being entrepreneurial the way I am, I'm using my creative ability. I'm using my platform. I'm using my shows. I'm using my social media following, which is probably around a million and a half to two million people that are actively engaged with me on a daily basis. Uh, I'm, I'm running about nine or ten businesses now that, that are mine, that were my dreams, my ideas, uh, multiple websites. If I told you how much money I made on a website that I created literally five weeks ago, how much money I've made off of that thing in five weeks, you guys would never speak to me again. People would think, oh my God, this guy, it's ridiculous. It's stupid money that's coming off of a website that was created five weeks ago. And let me tell you something, we're just getting started. So so for everybody who said that I couldn't do that or had too much time on my hands, I love to just look at them and smile. It's say this is what mm-hmm. this is what dreams do right here. Right. This is what if you're willing to let yourself do what other people consider is foolish, the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit because you know I tell people all the time, you're created to be who you're created to be. You're not supposed to be anybody else. Right. You know, I'm sitting here, I'm staring, I'm sitting in my office, I've got some guitars hanging on my wall, and I'm looking at one of them. Every single one of those instruments hanging on my wall makes a different sound. Otherwise, why don't you just have one guitar? But I've got different instruments that make a different sound. That's the way human beings are. You're not intended to make the same sound as everybody else. If you do that, you're an echo. You're not an original. You're not a voice. And so I always tell people, make sure that you're finding your voice. That's what I did. I'm still finding it. I mean, I'm 45 years old. I'm still trying to figure this thing out. Uh, people always say, they meet me and they say, well, somebody said you're famous. I don't know who you are. And I said, that's okay. I'm 45. I'm still trying to figure it out. Right. Uh, and, and that's okay. We always will be doing that. You know, today I've got, I've got a sitcom that I wrote with a pilot episode script that's being shopped all around some very big people in Hollywood. Uh, I've got a book deal in New York with a publisher. I've got a publicist in New York. I've got a uh, everybody wants to say I'm a narrow-minded hypocrite because I'm a white boy that sits in a in his truck in a in a cowboy hat. Look, I got a black IT guy, I got a Jewish manager, and I got a gay Mexican for an agent. I promise you, I am boom baby diversified and cultural, <laughs> <laughs> and I That's love cool. every one of them yes. like my family. So um, you know, it's funny, but I do what I do. I don't. I ultimately don't care what people say. And I'm going to keep doing it, and the sky is absolutely the limit on, sure on what you can do on stuff like that. So I've talked long enough, but that's, that's hey, the story. No, that's perfect, Chad. That's what, we're, that's what we want you on the show for. Uh, you touched on this, you know, in your 20s, it was a ticking time bomb. You, you didn't find your passion, uh, passion in communicating. How, how did you, what advice can you give some listeners to, if they haven't found their voice, if they're stuck right now in a dead end job, or they're not they're not happy, they're not satisfied. How, how did you find your voice? What 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 are some uh, well, tips you can give some of our listeners? Well, for me, for me, I, I was when I was nineteen, I went and attached myself to a man that I wanted to be my mentor, and he's still my mentor to this day. We're very close. Uh, we've traveled literally all over the world together. Uh, I used to do it when I was in my early 20s. I was all over the world with him. I just listened to the man. I, I would I would pay attention to him. I mean, I can still you know regurgitate his words. You know, I, I can speak. I could give his his talks, his messages. 
as good as he can in his words. But I found myself be, trying to be him, not trying to be me. So if I could go back and talk to myself at 20, I would say, Chad, you got to be who you're going to be. Now, people always say, how do you find that? How do I find out who I am and what I'm supposed to do? I, I tell people, there's always four, four big points I give people. you got to have vision, passion, discipline, and risk. And I'm not going to get into that. But, but that vision is seeing beyond your boundaries. What is going to get you beyond the four walls or the enclosures of your life? What's going to give you breakthrough? And I tell people, you've got to be yourself. You've got to get comfortable in your own skin. How do you do that? And I believe the key is this. You've got to get alone. You've got to get quiet. It might take you a long time to do this, but you've got to get alone. You've got to get quiet. And you've got to find out what your deepest heart's desires are. Because I believe that your deepest heart desire and the will of God for your life, the reason why you're created, are synonymous. I believe they are one and the same thing. And so a lot of people have these really wild ideas deep in their soul, and they say, that's just too crazy. I can't believe it. No, 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 no. That is the birth of vision. That is that birth of giving you the ability to see beyond your boundaries. And the problem is we start to doubt it. And there was a lot of dreams that have been miscarried because doubt was invited into the delivery room. And you can't let that doubt come in. Now, your dream is going to have to take shape. It's going to have to take shape because your initial dream, you're going to say, boy, I want to be rich. Well, that's a broad, that's a broad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just a broad thing. So you're going to have to now have the passion to get rich. So you had the vision. Now you got to have the passion. You're going to be empowered by what you see. Then you're going to have to have the discipline. That means I'm going to control my life in order to pursue that vision. And then I'm going to have to have risk. That means I'm going to spend the rest of my life to get that deepest heart's desire. So if I could go back to myself in my 20s, I'd say, Chad, what is your deep, deep desire telling you right now? Well, I'd love to do broadcast journalism. Well, okay. I had no idea that I'd be, you know, today I'm on Fox News. Today I'm on Fox. I've been on CNN, MSNBC. I've been on all the deals. You know, I, Bill Maher, The View, all of them are going to have me on pretty soon. But you know what? I've spoken to millions of people, not behind a news desk, but behind the steering wheel of my truck. <laughs> if you would told me at 20 that's what that was going to look like, I would have laughed you, at you. If you told me 10 years ago that's what that was going to look like, I would have laughed at you. But my influence comes from sitting in the driver's seat of a truck and talking to a, a camera phone. So, Chad, Chad uh, I got two questions. One, well, first a statement. One, yeah. you know, he says this all the time, money never leads, it always follows, right? Um, and that's something that I think that you learned and I think we've all learned is you can't chase the money, right? you got you got to chase your passion and the money will follow that. Um, secondly, and there's a reason why I'm asking you this question, but one, what was the date of your first truck video? And then and two, you know, what I wanted to say was that, that you having that feeling that you haven't reached your couldn't yet um, compared to, to not being satisfied, that, that's really what it is. It, it's not that the fact that you're not satisfied. Because I get told all the time, Craig, you're not satisfied with what you're doing. or You're never, you're never satisfied. You always want more. You always want more. You always want more. Well, yeah, in a way, that kind of is true. But it, it, it's because I haven't reached what I feel is my couldn't yet. And a lot of people might have think that I've much surpassed my couldn't, right, which is for everyone who said I couldn't. But to me, in, in my internal like feelings and the, and the value that I feel like I can bring other people, I don't feel like I've even come close to my putting yet. And that's why some people look at that as I'm not satisfied. And I think that's the same thing that you're saying to your wife was that, you know, 
it's not that you're not satisfied, but but baby, I just haven't reached my couldn't yet, and you still feel like you have a job to do. But but go back to that. What was the first date of your truck video? You know, I I don't remember exactly. I want to say it was about February of 2013. What year are we? No, 14. 2000. It was February of 2014, and uh, I I was sitting in traffic one day, and I popped the camera. Still my favorite video. Still my favorite video. Nobody's seen it. I mean, I, I don't know. It's probably at a million now, but it's taken it, you know, whatever, three some odd years to get there. I had made one of the kids late for school, and he, I dropped him off five minutes late, and uh, I started ranting about, while I was driving down the street, I was ranting about how the office staff in the school looks at you like you are subhuman if you drop your kid off late. And so <laughs> I was talking about that, and, you know, like tens of thousands of people watched it, and I was like, holy crap. They're like 40,000 people have watched this in a week. 40,000. That's crazy. I was like, wow, man, this, this is, that's borderline viral. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I started popping off these million view and 10 and 14 Jeez. and 20 million view. I mean, now I'm at half a million, I'm sorry, half a billion views. I'm over half a billion views on all the videos. So it's, it's crazy stuff. But yeah, I, I said March 14. Well, the reason why I asked Chad was because so many people go after something for for just a short period of time or they think that oh it's been a year and and everything's supposed to work out no consistency creates momentum and when you do something long enough there's going to be momentum that's created whether it's good momentum or whether it's bad momentum but if you continue to do the same thing over and over again momentum will be created right and so when you're sitting there and you're going okay it took me a year or two years almost three years now to get it going i I tell people all the time that are listening that are colonial people you've got to get through that first year and then in the first year, it's going to start getting a little bit better. And then after that, the second year, that's when this business becomes extremely fun. And that's when this business becomes extremely profitable. And it's one of those things to where when you, the longer you do this and the longer you do anything, yeah. the more consistent and the more successful you can come. But so many people stop right before, there's, <laughs> right before they hit the, kind of the plateau of being able to be successful. That's why you see you know, if, if a restaurant can make it more than five years, they usually make it for life. But you got to get past those first three or four years to make it to year five. And, and that's the problem with people is that they will, they will just go after something for a short period of time. It doesn't work out immediately. They feel like it's not, it's not for them. And, and you got to continue to go after stuff. And you decided to stick it out, understanding that things were going to be slow right. in the beginning. But if you continue to do the same thing and got better, continue to educate yourself on your craft and continue to improve who you were and improve your product, things are always going to improve and the longer you do something. Well, contentment, it, my definition of contentment is this. It's being able to sit down on the inside. Now, you might be frenzied, moving, I mean, you know, rocking and rolling, man, on the outside. People are like, and they look at me all the time and say, you never stop. And they're right, I don't. I don't want to stop. I I feel like I wasted a lot of years. Now it's time. I got to catch up on some things. But I'm able to sit down on the inside so that while the outside looks frenzied, my inner person is content. And so, you know, I have people all the time who say, man, you just, no, no, I'm not striving. I'm not striving to a point of stress. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and I'm enjoying doing it, but I'm content on the inside. So back a, a few years ago, here's the vision I had. Here's the vision I had for my own personal life when it came to this aspect of my communication business, my, my entertainment business, if you will, using social media, and, and then now what it is, and comedy tours and television and, and, and also political commentary. So I said 2015 is going to be a birth canal. 
2015 is a birth canal. Uh, we don't know what the baby looks like yet. It's going to come out, and it's going to you're going to be like, oh wow, that's a that's a that's brand new. That is that is really fresh. I mean, we've had babies. We know how that can be because you're sitting there holding this ooey gooey sticky purple thing, and you're like, I love it. But I don't really want to look at it. And, and I so don't know what to do with that's it. What, yeah, it, it, you know, and I'm like, uh, can someone help me with this? And that's yeah. where I was in 2015. That, that was true. So I said, 2015 is a birth canal and a birth. I said, 2016, we're going to sit up. We're going to roll over. We're going to crawl a little bit. Uh, we might even pull ourselves up to a stand. You know, we're, some things are going to happen in 2016 where there's going to be actual movement on my own. And then I said, 2017, we're going to be walking. And by the end of 2017, we're going to be toddling along and running. We're going to be running. And then my goal is for 2018, I want to be wide open and running. I mean, I want to be a kid playing in a yard. And so I, I, it's, and so to you know, back to your timeline thing. That is exactly the way I've looked at it. It's taken me four years, you know, almost four years to get to the point where I have some momentum and people are looking at me going, hmm, maybe he is going to do something with himself in the world of entertainment, in the world of communication, in the world of comedy, in the world of commentary, and, and these things are starting to happen. So you're right, people give up way too soon. But you've got to see, if you, if you give birth to a dream, it's going to be ooey-gooey, sticky, it's going to look funny, it's going to be misshapen. Uh, it's not going to look like, I mean, babies don't, I, I mean, I tell people all the time, living things change, changing things grow, and growing things challenge us. When I was a baby, people people like to kiss my feet. When I was a baby, nobody will kiss my feet at 45. I can't get anybody to kiss my feet because living things grow, and growing things change, and changing things challenge us. And now my feet aren't like they were when I was a baby. And so nobody wants to kiss them anymore. That's the way life is. That's the way a dream is. It's not going to look the same way as when you gave birth to it. And so... Uh, it, and that's a challenge, but you got to stick in there. You got to hold on to it. It's like a hair in a biscuit, man. You got to stick in there, and just and just and just carry that thing out. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Well, your passion, world. your passion outweighed all the negative stuff that have occurred <laughs> over the last four years, you know, and what you want to well, do. I got a, I got a, you know, I got a friend of mine, uh, Gary Chapman in Nashville. He's a successful singer songwriter. Uh, he's a former television host, and, and and he said, you know what? I've been, I've hit rock bottom so many times. That uh, if you look at the wall of that cave, my name scribbled all over it. And the key is, <clears throat> you've heard the old adage, and of course it's become cliche, you just don't stay down. Yeah. I am one resilient dude. I, you just, I, you know, when Robin Williams killed himself a few years ago, and it's funny, I was out in, uh, I was in San Francisco, we went through Robin Williams' tunnel, you know, he lived in San Francisco, and so I, I when Robin Williams killed himself, I said, it, it impacted me. I mean, it was like a punch in the gut. Yeah. And I was like, here's a select. I said, why is this affecting me so much? And I said, because here's a guy who seemingly made everybody's life brighter. He made everybody laugh. He was on top of the world, incredibly talented, unbelievable human, and he was miserable. And what did he do? He hung himself. And I thought, my gosh, if this guy had all that and couldn't live with it, what are you going to do with your life if you don't make the changes that you need to to get that inner contentment mm-hmm. in the midst of all of this stuff? And I tell you, when you get that mindset, you can take over the world. You yes. really can. You can take over the world. I tell people, I, it's just it's just a mindset. 
and it's all starts right there. You know, Chad, that's that's very interesting yep. that sure. that you bring that up because I know something that Heath always says, and I always try to you know say as well, and and I 100% believe in is that money never leads; it always follows. <laughs> yeah. And there's been a few times in my career where I've thought, okay, I need to try to chase the money here, chase the money there, and it's never worked out. Sure. And so many people you see say, hey, I want to get rich. I want to do that, which is fine, right? You should you should have a passion for wanting to better your financial status in your life. But at the same time, if you do not right. chase your passion, things do not right. last. And something that you can always say that you're doing now, Chad, is that you're chasing your passion. As before, you were making great money, you're making a great living, and you're providing for your family, which you wanted yes. to do. But at the same time, you weren't chasing your passion, so it wasn't meaningful to you. And it will yep. never last if you don't have your passion that you're chasing. So, again, just repeat that. Money never leads. It always follows. So if you're just chasing the money, it's not going to work out most of the time for you. No, I was just, just going to say to that, I, I got a friend, Kafe Anderson. He's an incredible musician, funny, funny guy. He says to me, if you got talent and you're not making money, it's your own fault. And, and that's the key. Money will follow where you're chasing that passion and where you're chasing that talent and gift. Chad, your, your, your worst day uh, over these last three years Right, go back to that versus your worst day in your 20s when you're sitting in a cubicle. Uh, <laughs> I bet that cubicle was so much worse just because you weren't doing what you love doing, correct? I spent, I, you know, I, I got to a point, that's what happened with me. I burned out. I had all these degrees. I had all these things, and, and, and I said I burned out on life. It, it, you know, in my early 30s, I just burned out on life. And I said, you know, I'm just going to go get a job. And that's what I wound up doing. I sat in a cubicle with a Fortune 300 company for 18 months, and it was I, I boy I can I can sell anything. I'm like you boys. I can sell anything. I know how to value sell. I can sell you, and I make great money selling. But I was miserable, and so that little you know eight by eight cubicle was my coffin. It really was. Here's the difference. And to your question, uh, today if I get to a point where it's like okay, this is a bad day. This is not good. I have the ability to go do something different and fix it myself. I don't have to wait on a corporate change. I don't have to wait on a spreadsheet to show up in my email. I don't have to wait for somebody. And, and that's nothing wrong with that if you're doing that. But for me, I have to have the ability to get up every day and do something different. I can't have redundancy. That's just how I'm wired. I, and I may do the same thing every day, but that's only because I want to. Now, I, but I can't be, I can't be boxed into that. So yeah, my worst day these days, uh, and I have them. I have bad days because I've and I've and by the way, I've made it very public uh, online and, and through my following that that historically I've dealt with depression and I've fought it uh, chemically and I don't take any medications for depression now. It's not that there's anything wrong with doing that. In fact, I encourage it if you need it. But as a man, I you know I had to get to a point where I said, look. I'm going to fight depression every way I know how. And one of the ways that I've fought it the most is, is becoming who I'm supposed to be, getting comfortable and confident in my own skin and saying, uh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to make a difference in my life. And so, yeah, that's the difference because it used to be dictated. Life used to be dictated to me. Now, the only one dictating life to me is God. And there's a whole lot of liberty when you're walking with God. There really is. Yes. And, and that's and, that's and, that's the inner so, inner ability right there you're talking about the interface. There really is. Yep. There really is. And and so you know I don't I don't get on and start telling I, you know I'm a Christian 
I, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I, I believe in the Bible. You know, I don't shove that down anybody's throat unless they're coming to me and they're saying, hey, what is it that you believe? I'm more than happy to tell you. But with that as a center for me, it makes all the difference in the world. And so I, you know, I can say, hey, you know what? I'm going to walk, and a lot of things require walking by faith, stepping out into the unknown. And, uh, but, but, you know, the only thing dictating my life is, is what I conceive to be, perceive to be truth and what I perceive to be God's Spirit guiding me. And so as long as I'm okay with those things, man, I make a lot of stuff happen in life because, because nothing else is, is dictating. You know, my wife doesn't dictate to me. Uh, my wife is my best friend. We have, I mean, God, we have a great relationship. She gets me. There's no other woman on the planet that could live with me. It's just, I mean, it was just not possible. She was made for me. And, and there's no way she's going to, you know, she doesn't, she gets me. All of my flaws. I have women all the time will send me messages online. Find me a man like you. I'm like, lady, you couldn't last eight days with a man like me. <laughs> I, I would drive you up the wall. You would go crazy. I mean, everything from jealousy to, I mean, just insanity. I mean, it's just, it just crazy. You know, I was out of town. Heath and I went. We've been delivering, you know, supplies to hurricane victims down there. And my wife, she's a nurse. She's finishing school to get her master's degree to be an R. Uh, I'm sorry, a nurse practitioner. She, and and so I called her. I said yesterday afternoon. I said, "What are you doing?" She said, "I'm just really deep cleaning the house." She said, "I want to do that for you because I know that that it helps you create, and I know that it helps you be less stressed in that." And I was like. What what angel are you without wings? I mean, my God, who, where, where, did, where did this woman come from, you know, who just gets you? And I, I don't demand that. I don't expect it. I mean, you know, it's as much my responsibility as hers. Uh, but but I'm like, this woman is a gift from God who gives me the freedom. Hey, Chad, I'd be willing to bet that your love language is acts of service. Am I right? No, I'm a, I, I, to some degree, I am a... Uh, I am a, uh, uh, I, I, I speak uh, gift giving, I speak gift giving, and I, uh, acts of service is a high one, but I, I speak gift Time. giving, and I, I, I hear words of affirmation, so I'm very egotistical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Chad, my love language is acts of service, I, I, and one of the things that I've kind of yeah. learned in my life is that. Like I would rather Katie cook a meal and clean the house and and just you know support and be there and and, and just be yeah. positive you know about things that are going on yeah. than I ever would her buying me a gift or even buy me like a car or anything like that. To me, when someone does something with their time and quality time is a big one important for me too. When someone takes their time and they choose to spend their time for you yeah. or with you, to me that is something that is so valuable and that's something that I try to explore as yeah. well. Is that when you're a leader or you're yeah. leading an organization, you have to work for your people. They don't work for you. You work for them. And, and acts of service and being a servant leader well, is something you, that you can apply in your, exactly. in your family. You can apply in your relationships and your, your faith. You can apply it at work. You can apply it whatever you do with your friendship. Everything that you do, right. if you do it with an acts of service, to me, there's no bigger gratitude for that. Because when you're having a bad day or when something's going wrong and, and, and maybe – you know, something's not pointing in the right direction in your life, just go do something for somebody else that's selfless. And when you do things that are completely selfless and and you're trying to go out and just truly help other people and not worry about what is going to happen to you, 
there is such a fulfillment there. I know when, when I had my New Year's resolutions for 2017, I, I had one New Year's resolution. That was it. I had one goal, and that was I wanted to scratch as many other backs as possible every single day. And I never want to ever worry about my back being scratched. Because when you do something for somebody else with, with, the, with the mentality of, hey, you know, I want this in return. I'll do this for you. you. I'll scratch your back. You scratch mine. That's not servant leadership. You should go out and scratch as many backs as possible and never ask for your, your back to be scratched again. And I promise you, your back will never itch. Obviously, those are metaphors. I'm just saying when you go out and you serve people every day and you serve strangers and you serve helping your spouse and you help your family and you help the people that you work with and for, that is true leadership. And that is what's going to lead right. you to greater things in your life. Exactly. There you go. You're there exactly you go. Right. You heard it first it, right there. The love language well, you know, expert. Wife, and, 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 I, and I've had to come around to this, and I'll tell you a funny story about that uh, house cleaning thing. Uh, several several months ago, we, we had a uh, – she came to me and she said, let's hire a service, a new service. And I said – you know, come in and clean the house. And I was like, that's fine. Do whatever you want to do. Of course, it's always freaky when you have people come in and they're going to touch all your stuff and go through all your stuff. And, and, uh, I'm like, just keep them away from the special drawer, you know? And I was like, yeah, buddy. but you know, she's, <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I, I answer the door and here come these three ladies with their supplies. And the third one in line is wearing an ankle monitor. No. And I'm like, oh, great. Now I get to follow her around all afternoon. So it was, uh, <laughs> You know? Yeah, that's not but that's no, not good. It was, a, it was a funny deal, but my wife's is quality time. She loves quality time. So a couple of weeks ago, I asked her. I said, uh, "We'll do this. We'll take little mini trips together." Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, "Is football season? Do you want to go to the opening day of football, or do you <laughs> want to go to uh, you know hint hint, or do you want to go?" to say wine country go to go visit our friends uh jimmy and laura ragushi that have ragushi wines in in napa she said i think i want to go to napa it's so the hurricane is funny because i said okay well, let's go do that so we went and spent four days in napa and of course the hurricane hit in south texas and people found out i was in napa and i caught hell for it because they're like what are you doing having a good time in napa when the world is coming to an end, oh, I mean, geez. you know, te- Texas doesn't exist anymore, and, and and so you know, you catch all of that stuff. But I said, you know, I said to somebody close to me, I said I had to go have that quality time. I had to give mm-hmm. that to my wife. I had to give her that time, or else I can't go and be effective like I need to be when situations like that come up. Because I do play in, you know, in Texas, there are only two people making a difference, and that's me and JJ Watt. Let's just be honest. I mean, let's just be honest, boys. <laughs> so, you know, uh, so that's the deal. I, I was like, you know, if I don't go do that, if I don't give her that, she helps me be who I am. Mm-hmm. And so to be who I am, I got to give her that. And so there are those things. Those love languages make a huge, huge difference in the people. You got to give that to the people that are in your life who help your life be what it is. Because I can't say enough about identity. I can't say enough, especially to men. Men find their identity primarily in two things, their work and their women. And if those two things are out of place, right. you're going to have a hard time as a man. You really are. You're going to struggle with your identity and security. And that's just a fact. You can't have a lousy home life and have a, lo- and have a fantastic uh, business life. No. Work life. You can't, and I and I mean I, we don't even have time for me to get into yeah. all my girlfriends. My girlfriends are amazing too, you know. They uh, they're, I mean, I just I I can't say enough about the women in my life, really. <laughs> <laughs> 
Chad, I just want to thank you, man. Um, I know we've gone a little over time than we usually do, but I think this was some really good yes. stuff. Man, I know you're one of the busiest people out there, and you have all these things going for you, and we just appreciate you taking your time to help us out. Get on the podcast, man. We'd love to keep telling your story. <laughs> However we can help you out, man, let us know. Thank you so much again for your time, man. You absolutely, what we like to say on the Fusic Podcast is you nuked it. Great job, buddy. Appreciate it, man. Hey, hey Chad, real quick, where, where, can we, uh, where can the listeners find you? Uh, watchchad.com watchchad.com or you can go to chadprather.com they go to the same place that gives you my tour schedule and a little bit about how to contact me the new site that we're so excited about that we're doing things with is politicalcowboy.com politicalcowboy.com we kicked that thing off hugely successful in four weeks we had two and a half million visitors on that site uh, and it's just taken off so can't can't complain about that and of course you can find me on Twitter at watch Chad and I'm all over Facebook just search for Chad Prather and you'll find uh, me awesome. and you'll probably find several other guys stealing my profile picture because they're trying to catfish women but hey that's life <laughs> thanks guys thank you and that'll conclude our Fusic podcast uh, my name is Craig Miller you can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn um, if you want to get some of the Fusic gear that you see Chad wearing all the time at all these big sporting events or, or fun things that he's doing go to Fusic.us um, you can also email us at Fusic.us at gmail.com um, again go follow us on Facebook go follow us on Instagram uh, spread the word guys if you have a Fusic story we'd love to hear about it please send it into our Gmail and we'd love to post about it hear about it and maybe even have you on the show uh, yeah thanks Craig uh, Instagram McGinnis516 uh, and TJ McGinnis Facebook and then same with our Fusic stuff thank you everybody and, and let's go out there and find your voices excellent thanks everybody love y'all talk to you soon make it a great one bye bye Fusic a podcast for everyone who said I couldn't. <laughs>